everybody, welcome into the Cubs Weekly Podcast. I'm Tony Andracula, and this is Andy Martinez, and we have a special Halloween episode for you. Jameson Tyone stopped by the podcast studio, so that's going to be a great conversation. We'll get to that in a little bit. As always, we are presented by Wintrust, proud legacy partner of the Chicago Cubs, an exclusive home of Cubs Checking. Open online today at wintrust.com slash cubsweekly. So Andy, before we get into the JMO interview, yep. I was thinking about this. How would you spend an offseason if you were a baseball player? Like, if we were both quite a bit more athletic. Quite and a bit more. Quite a bit, yes. And we were Major League Baseball players, and the season ended, let's say in the Cubs fashion, where the final day of the season, you know, I guess they were eliminated the day before the season. But um, how would you spend it? How would you spend your October, November, et cetera? I'd probably take a couple weeks off and go on vacation somewhere. And it kind of depends. My vacations are very much... Um, sometimes I want to go on a relaxing vacation to the beach or sometimes I want to like explore a new city or go for a nice hike. So like whatever it was in the mood for, like I would do that, uh, for, for a week or two and then kind of get back and slowly get back into my off season program, whatever that might be. So pretty not exciting, but I think that's what I would do. Yeah. I think honestly, and Jameson explains it, but like what he said, as he was talking about it, I was like, man, that would be great. Like that, it sounds like the dream off season. Like you took right. a few weeks off. I don't know exactly where you went, but like I would go to like a tropical place, all inclusive, like, you know, eat, do whatever, like just chill, unwind, reset the brain, reset the body even, uh, get a lot of sleep, I'm sure. And, you know, and then I would come back and I would try to ingrain myself in whatever city I'm in. So right. like in Chicago, you know, Bears games, Blackhawks games, Bulls games, you know, being a big sports fan, like trying to do some of that kind of stuff that as a big league baseball player, you'd be able to do. Spending a lot of time down by the lake, for example, in Chicago, or like getting to know a lot of parts of the city. Because when you are a baseball player and you're playing in the city, you don't get to experience a whole lot. Even in Chicago, where you play a lot of day games and have nightlife, you just don't get to experience it a ton, I don't think. Yeah, and even like for, for you and I, when we travel to different cities to cover games, like, yes, we, we've traveled to these cities, but you don't really explore them. Like, yeah. you, you're there for work. And we're not major league baseball players, but it's similar to, for them, right? They're they're super busy getting in, putting in their work, and they're not really getting to explore. In Jamison's case, the city that he signed a long contract with to, to be there. So, so to be able to kind of explore and realize, like, this is what home is and will be, that's that's got to be really nice. Yeah, for sure. So let's hear from Jamison Tyone as he explains that. Uh, we have a couple fun games with him, too, as well as identifying – some fun tweets, uh, whether they're his tweets or Cubs teammates' tweets. And then he just talks you know, about the offseason, about how he watches baseball playoffs, his career to this point, everything else. It was a great chat. Hey, everybody. Welcome back into the Cubs Weekly Podcast. I'm Tony Andrecki, joined by Andy Martinez. And then a special guest in podcast studio with us, Jameson Tyone. Jameson, thanks for being here, man. Thanks for having me. So we were asked a fan question last week. We did a bunch of fan questions on the podcast. It was which Cubs player will add, hands out the best Halloween candy. Okay. I said Kyle Hendricks. Andy oh. said Javier Assad. Who would you guess? Would it be you? Uh, I mean, I'm going to go with someone like Cody Bellinger. Okay. I could see Belly just being like, you know, just grab the entire bars or something. I don't know. He's <laughs> like, got the king size bars just, and everything. Yeah. He's just like, yeah, just whatever. Just <laughs> yeah. get, get, get the kids what they want. That's awesome. That, that is a really good choice. I could I see Stro doing that, yeah. that, too. I could see Stroman balling out and, and having some good candy. Stro is one that we were talking about yeah. before he did the podcast. I said Hendricks because he's going to be a dad soon, and I figured like maybe he goes all He's got out that dad year. energy for sure. He does, yeah. yes, for He'd sure. He'd be commenting on everyone's costumes like, yeah. oh, that's, a, that's yeah, really yeah. cool. Making everyone feel great about it. Yeah. yeah. see that. Um, so I know you were recently at the Bears game. What was that experience like, and what's it been like for you to just, I guess, experience Chicago and be a Chicagoan this fall? 
Yeah, so the Bears game was cool. Um, you know, it was literally kind of cold, but yeah. it was awesome. Um, you know, I saw them take down the Raiders. I thought they had a great game plan. You know, backup quarterback in there making his debut. I thought they did a great job of, like, getting the ball out of his hands, get it to the playmakers. Uh, Deontay Foreman had a great game. Yeah. Um, I was super into it. I don't have, like, one specific team that I root for. Um, so I guess I'm an official Bears fan now being okay. here. Um, and I saw they made a move today, too. But, uh, yeah, it was it was awesome. And, like, during the season, me and my fiancé, like, you know, I'm so in season mode. And we had so many day games where I feel like I wake up, go to the field, do my work, come home, I'm tired. Kind of like rinse and repeat that we kept saying all year. We're like, at some point, we want to get out and, like, explore and see the city. And, obviously, the off season's like, the easiest time to do that. So just trying to see it all and take it all in, trying to hit a Blackhawks game and a Bulls game and hit a bunch of different restaurants and museums and stuff like that. Did you, do you have any Bears on any of your fantasy football teams? I tried hard to get DJ Moore okay. from Mark Leiter, and Mark Leiter's <laughs> difficult to trade with, so <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. But you're working on it. Yeah, and I met DJ Moore in the clubhouse this year, yeah. and just I'm a big fan of him now. I enjoyed talking to him. He was a super cool dude, so I'd love to, to have him on my team. So who's who's the best in, in fantasy on the team? Like I know Mark Leiter won the, the, yeah. the title last so, year. Leiter has the defending champ name. Um, my team's pretty good. Drew Smiley's team is really good. Tommy Hadovy's team is like six or seven and one. Well, there's two different leagues because we had so much interest, and we're in League Two, and League Two is a it's a jungle. A lot of a lot of smart fantasy football players. Very cool. Um, getting into like the baseball stuff. Obviously, playoffs are going on. World Series is going on right now. What's how close are you following the MLB playoffs? Like, are you tuned in every night? And what's that kind of experience watching that for for you? Yeah, I'm I'm tuned in. I'm a baseball fan. I'm a baseball nerd. I love following it. Um, yeah, so I've I've pretty much watched every game possible. Um, and yeah, it's cool. Like two wild card teams. We played them both. I thought Arizona played us extremely tough this year. Good front of the line starting pitching um, at the top. Good back end of the bullpen. Even though they're probably not household names. They don't strike out a ton. They put the ball in play. They run. They're super young and athletic. Like I think they're a really fun team. Um, then the Rangers, obviously, like, you know, it's a nice mix, young, old. You have, like, Josh Young and then Corey Seager. And you have, like, um, you know, Simeon had a great year. Jonah Heim had a great year. And then one of my best friends in the whole world is Jordan Montgomery, and he's had a great playoff, so I've been following him really closely. Um, so, yeah, I guess I'm rooting for him, and it's been fun to follow. What uh, You mentioned, too, just, like, how the wildcard teams, you played against those teams. How, how is it to know that you guys are so close, right? And, and we'll see how this offseason plays out. But, like, yeah. one step away, a pitch, a game away, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough, um, but it's also almost reassuring. It's like if you get in the dance and you're hot at the right time, anything can happen. Um, team like the Rangers, they've taken down Tampa Bay and Baltimore and Houston to get to the World Series. It's like they got hot at the right time. They obviously have some experienced players and stuff. But – yeah, I mean, if you get in, there's a chance that anything can happen. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's difficult. And like, I look inward and think, like, man, if I had two less blow-up games and we won one of those, like, there's a chance we're the team in the playoffs. So just looking inward and, you know, I think I'm looking for self-improvement. I think everyone across the board, if we all just get a tiny little bit better, like, that could be us. Is that kind of like the motivation motivational factor for you guys this offseason? Like, I know you're here in Chicago. I know some of the other guys were here in Chicago. Like, do you guys converse about that end of the season and, and maybe use that as motivation? 
Yeah, I mean, we're not like openly talking about like, dude, if I just didn't have this game, we could be in the playoffs. But definitely there's a sense of like, especially with this group, it's such a good group of guys and like hardworking dudes that it's like, I've definitely felt like there's three or four of us going into Wrigley consistently. And then there's guys all over the country, wherever they live at home, going into facilities and stuff. Like everyone's back to work. Everyone's looking to get better. The coaching staff was really clear about, you know, here's some things we want you guys to attack and, and work on and stuff like that. So um, yeah, and the baseball conversations never stop. I was just in the weight room with Mike Talkman talking for like 45 minutes about like game planning and preparing. And so it just never shuts off, even in the off season. When coaches come to you, like you said, with like a game plan of how to go about the offseason, obviously you're a veteran, you've been around, you know yourself so well. How do you merge those two ideas, what the coaches say and what you think you want to work on? Yeah, um, I think that's something this past year I didn't do well was like really know myself and be stubborn with like, I know that when I'm taking care of what I need to take care of and I stay true to myself, I know that this is my floor as a big league pitcher. Like I know I can pitch to this rough number area. And I feel like I got lost along the way a little bit trying to change my mechanics in certain areas and do different things and game plan differently. And I kind of just, once I had a bad game, I started searching and changing things versus just being like, no, this is what works. I've done it before. This is how I can do it. So it's a fine line. Um, but, you know, with like the, the strength staff and the training staff, they give you like such specific things in your workouts to work on. And the pitching coaches just give you some drills to like be athletic and move and feel good. So it's not anything like major, major. Um, but yeah, I mean, everything comes from a good place and it's like a two way street. Like the coaches here are never demanding you to do something. It's always a conversation. The For you, that that Yankee start was kind of, in, at Yankee Stadium was kind of the turnaround point for you. Um, you had a three three eight ERA after that, but especially in September, you you really took off. Is that kind of when you started, like, for lack of a better term, like trusting yourself a little bit more? Yeah, there was a stretch there where I feel like, you know, once your confidence kind of leaves a little bit and you're searching for stuff, um, even in some of my good outings or better outings, when I was amidst the struggles, I'd just be like, man, that just didn't that didn't feel like myself out there. I didn't feel as free and like you know, it was confident. And then once you knock out, like in Yankee stadium going into that start, I didn't necessarily feel like great about where I was at. Um, but then you leave having a nice eight inning start and you have the all-star break to sit on it. You reset, you know, going after the all-star break, you get a fresh start, fresh slate. And it was, I think that was like kind of the perfect timing for it all. Um, and then you knock out a couple good starts and that confidence comes back and stuff. And then that weirdly enough plays into your delivery and your mechanics and your execution it just all starts with like your mind you're going back to the start of your career I mean 2010 you're drafted second overall between Bryce Harper and Manny Machado like what was that like and, and those expectations and then seeing how the other guys careers have played out or even Harper was you know a star at such a young age too as you were still coming up to the minors then yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like when you get drafted, you just get drafted based on, obviously they project what you can do, but they also just look at you as an 18-year-old kid and they're like, yeah. six foot five, I was touching 100 as a high school senior. It's like, like I understand why I was picked high. Um, but then, you know, once you come into pro ball, it's, you're just in a jungle. Like, yeah. there's a lot of other dudes who throw hard. There's a lot of other good athletes picked way deeper in the draft. Um, so it's like, I had injuries I had to deal with and my journey was just much different. Um, and, you know, things can change based on where you're at. If I get drafted by someone else, maybe I have a pitching coach who says the right thing at the right time and I take off. Um, you know, you just never know. And that's a dangerous game to play. Um, but,
but yeah, I mean, I know both those guys. I played with them on Team USA in high school. Like they're awesome dudes, um, very impressive careers. So I try not to compare myself. Um, you know, my journey's been kind of crazy and much different. Um, but there was a time when I was younger, like when I had my first TJ and I'm like 22 years old watching Bryce Harper make all-star games and stuff where I'm like, man, that could have been me. That should have been me or that's tough. And then, you know, you just from injuries and from adversity, you just kind of learn and overcome. I'm curious, had you, you mentioned coming out of high school, had you gone to college, where would you have gone or did you, or did you not get that far enough and to, to have made a clear Yeah, season? I was, I was committed to Rice, which at the time I was a Houston kid like grew up going to games with my dad. Um, I would have been teammates with Anthony Rendon and Tyler Duffy and a bunch of other guys that played pro ball and stuff. So at the time they were a baseball powerhouse. They've kind of fallen off a bit now, but beautiful school. And I was honestly, like the advice from my parents was like, use your baseball to just get into the best school possible academically. So I was like, all right, I'm going to try to go to Rice, Stanford or Vanderbilt, like schools I can't get into without baseball. Yeah. And then you ended up, and then I ended up overall pick and having a good, yeah, just my high school degree. That's it. Um, So as you were, I guess fast forward to here. Free agency, Cubs are reach out. You guys chat with them. Like, what was it about the Cubs that drew you to here, and you know made you obviously like them being interested in the contract and stuff. But like, what was it about this team that you were interested in? And did you ask other guys like Anthony Rizzo, you play with in New York, yep. about what it's like to play here? Yeah. So I mean, playing in the NL Central with Pittsburgh before, like when free agency was starting this past off season, my agents asked for like a list of teams that were like no-brainer places I would love to play and obviously the Cubs were on that list just being a visiting player Wrigley's always packed um, you know it's a great city I love day games the travel in the NL Central's the easiest of all the divisions like it just checks so many boxes and then once the Cubs reached out with interest and I got to know some of the front office guys on a personal level and like Tommy Hadovy made a video personalized for me and you know was talking pitching and, and addressing me with some pitching stuff I was like this feels like a place that could be home. Um, and then after that kind of just came down to like contract negotiations and stuff. But I felt like just super comfortable with them from the start. And they were very honest and open the whole time and made every effort to come meet with me and talk to me and answer questions and all that. Um, and then, you know, I did research. I talked to a guy like Rizzo. Um, and he said he was at a wedding last off season and you know, Rossi was there and there were a bunch of guys there and I bumped into Rizzo in New York and he was just like in the off season, he was like, dude, they really want you. And here's why you're going to love playing there and stuff like that. So I also got to know Scott Efros really well, who was here more recently. Um, he has a great relationship with a lot of the guys here still. So I used him as a crutch a lot. That's re- it's, it's interesting too. Cause like it's, people always talk about how baseball is like such a small community. Everyone knows everyone. And that's true. And that, that kind of led you to, to where you are getting fast forwarding now into the off season. Like how, soon i know you're, you you posted a video recently of you throwing how quickly do you get back into the the game flow right of, of throwing and getting your body ready for the season it's a fine line of like i want to sit back and like relax and just get away for a little bit but then also you know the off season's like 14 weeks long or 16 whatever 16 weeks like you don't have time to kill that's so those that's time precious time you can be using to get better so I took like two weeks, took a vacation, got away, like didn't do anything baseball related, just completely got away. And then once I got back from that trip, I was like, all right, I'm ready. Um, Started talking to the pitching coaches more and like the strength coaches and trainers and we built a program. Um, So then from there, it's like two weeks of movement circuits and like plyo ball, like weighted ball drills that I posted. And then I just started playing catch catch today, like with a baseball. Um, so yeah, just off season workouts, addressing areas that need to be addressed and then playing catch and all that. 
are you a big video guy or even analytics guy? Like how do you merge that with, you talked a little bit about being yourself and knowing what you do best, but how do you merge, you know, the analytics side of the game or do you pour over video before starts or even in the off season now? Yeah. So I'm more of like a, when it comes to video, I watch more of like myself and okay. I feel like if my deliveries like got the right tempo and I'm hitting the right positions, like I feel like that'll help me execute everything that I need to execute. And there's some things in baseball, like a fastball down and away, 99.9% of the time is always a good pitch or like a cutter dotted down and away is always a good pitch. No matter who's hitting, I don't need to watch video on, you know, this right-handed hitter. I know like if I get a pitch to the corner, it's a good pitch. So I feel like if I put my body in a position to execute that, then I'll be in a good spot. So I watch a lot of video of like my catch play and my bullpens and my starts and go over that. And then I do look at numbers like, you know, there's outliers, you know, some guys slug, off speed like they hit homers on sliders more than fastballs and i'll just try to understand like you know this guy here went in doubt with runners on base in a big spot like i can't get beat on this pitch stuff like that if you weren't playing in the mlb you, you mentioned about how you wanted to to get into rice or vanderbilt or stanford if you weren't in mlb what would your what would you be doing what would jameson tyon be doing right now maybe it's just because i've gone this route and like play i would want to be around sports i love all sports um, I've been hurt a lot, so I feel like I'd want to be like a physical therapist helping guys get back on the field, something like that. And when I was potentially going to college, I wanted to major in like kinesiology, how the body moves, all that, and then get into like physical therapy school and, and go that route before I even played baseball. So now I think that's kind of like reaffirmed. All right, we want to do a couple fun things to kind of wrap up. So first one, uh, we want you to build the perfect pitcher based off of Cubs pitchers. So Ooh. you can take this kind of oh, however yeah. way you want. You can include yourself. You can include uh, maybe for simplistic purposes, guys who are on the 2023 roster. I got but this. if you start with, let's start with athleticism. Whose athleticism would you that's, like to take? That's easy. Stro. Okay. Fastball. Hmm. This is, I have two that jump out. Justin Steele, because the crazy movement and deception, and then like Julian Merriweather, because mm -hmm. he throws gas. And steals fastball. I mean, it just nobody ever seems to. No one squares it, it up. Somehow. Yeah. No one can even yeah. label it. Some yeah. people call it a four seam. Some cutter, people call it some day, and then yeah. some days from batter to batter. Like so, we started showing the analytics on the board, and his fastball from pitch to pitch. Like one will have twelve inches of vert and three <laughs> inches of cut, and then the next one will have eight inches of vert and zero inches of cut. So like, I mean, that's a huge difference in the shapes from like hitter to hitter, pitch to pitch. Yeah. So they never know what's coming yeah. for sure. All right, breaking ball. Hmm. I might, I might take Alzale's slider. Okay. That's a like good he story. has, it's nasty and he just has such good control of it. Swag on the field. Mm, you know who I, you know, this is not going to be the answer to your thing, but Kyle <laughs> Hendricks. Okay. I kind of love, Kyle's got a plan. I know he's not the loudest guy out there, but there is definitely a very like quiet confidence that he goes out there. He knows he's the most prepared guy on the field and he's going to just out execute you. And there's something cool about that for me. So I was going to ask intellect, but I think you just answered intellect with yeah, Kyle Hendricks. Yeah, Kyle Hendricks, yeah. All right, so dog. Mm, who's got the dog? There's a lot of guys. I'm going to say this can change, like, based on who's going well and who's – but I'm going to say Steele. Okay. Like, he just pitched a lot of big games down the stretch. He was in kind of, like, uncharted waters, like, career high in innings and game started, pitching meaningful games. He was skipping off days to go on five days rest and stuff, like – that that's pretty cool. The second fun thing we've got for you, so we we've got we'll call it best of seven. 
And we have seven tweets from current players, including yourself. All right. We're going to have you read them aloud, and you're going to guess who who uh, tweeted them out. I got it. All right. So these are the tweets. These are from all... 2023 roster players? Yes. Or yes. myself? Yeah, yes. or yourself. And right. the name's blacked out, so it's just the tweet itself with the date. All right. So on December 11th, 2013, someone said, I hate the dentist. I know that's not me because I actually love going to the dentist. Wait, you do? Yeah. Really? I, I like going to the dentist. Okay. It makes me feel really good. It's like getting a haircut for me. That's like, I like going to the dentist. So... Um, you can give hints if you need them to. We, we don't need to struggle forever. Who would say they hate the dentist? Who would be on Twitter in 2013? <laughs> uh, Cody Bellinger. No. Does it say on here? Do you have a next guess? Otherwise, we can give you the answer right now. Hmm... It was Nico Horner. Nico. I was yeah. literally about to say it, it really? wouldn't be Nico. I feel like he wasn't like a Twitter guy back in the Ten day. Ten years ago, he didn't like the dentist, and he did like Twitter, at least enough to say he hates the dentist. Surprise. Yeah. All right. Nico's got good hygiene. So, <laughs> all right. Do I, I just flip? Yeah. I can take the used ones if you want. <laughs> I can already tell you this is going to be me. <laughs> I feel like if Billy Madison were a real-life person, we'd be really good friends. Time to sleep hard. So that's March 1st, 2011. That would have been my first big league spring training. Or no, my first spring training in pro ball, minor league spring training. So I'm, I'm thinking that's me. I love Billy Madison. Um, I actually met Adam Sandler this really? year during the All-Star break. I stayed in New York, and I rode the elevator with him at my hotel. And I, I talked to him and told him I saw him at the Yankees-Cubs game the day prior. And I'm a big fan. He was really nice. That's awesome. This is me. Yes, that was you 100%. I was all over that. Appreciate the story after. That's great. Nothing gets my fired up like some bad (laughs) blood. Taylor Swift with like the little demon emoji. I know that's not me. 2015. Who gets fired up to Taylor Swift on the Cubs? Is that like a Patrick Wisdom maybe? It's not. It's a good guess. But uh, this guy has some dog in him. Justin Steele? Yeah. He actually does tweet about music a lot. Yeah. He always tweets about like Morgan Wallen and stuff. So yeah. Yeah, Steely. That makes sense. He, he gets on to some Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Team nutritionist meeting. Dot dot dot. Just had two plates of mac and cheese with sausage and three rolls. LOL. <laughs> uh, I don't think that was me, but I do remember back in the day we had team nutritionist meetings in spring training this was 2011 2011 yeah. which would have been my first you know what? i'm gonna say this is me it was you it was nice you. wow yeah i remember we had a nutritionist like i feel like the pirates were ahead of the times back then doing nutrition meetings in 2011 yeah man i was skinny back then too <laughs> believe it or not sudden death fencing hashtag intense hashtag to the death Sudden death fencing. Who would watch fencing? This was from July 28th, 2012. Who would, like, gamble on that or something? You know, someone... <laughs> I'm going to go with... Uh, my. I want to say Mike Napoli, but he's not a player. Yeah. I'll go... Um, Michael Fulmer. No. Uh, Ian Happ. Ian Happ yeah. likes fencing. Intense. All Intense. Right. It would have been an Olympic year, so I assume he was watching uh, it during the Olympics. Yeah. Makes sense. Is it just me, or do I get the loudest buggy in all of Walmart every time? Hashtag my luck. 
I could see myself saying something like this back then, but I don't think I would use the word buggy. Yeah, I think, I think that's I would that's say I would yeah. say cart. So yeah. I don't know who would say buggy. Is that a southern thing? Like, is that a, I, we didn't know until we like yeah. saw this and do I get the loudest buggy? I've never heard it called buggy until I read this tweet. Just me, or do I get the loudest buggy? Um. Uh, is that like a Mike Talkman? No, it's Steel again. Steel. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. It is a Southern thing. Yeah, I know yes, it is. So I, yeah. yeah. My gut wanted to say Steely, but yeah. I didn't know we'd have a repeat. Sorry, <laughs> it was it was too good to keep Taylor Swift and Buggy out of them. So yeah, we had to go that's with a them. good one. You always want what you can't have. Hashtag Chick Fil A on Sundays. I feel like this could be anybody. I feel like that's a very common theme. Um, I could see myself saying that October 20, 2013. I think I would have been in the Arizona Fall League then. I don't think that's me. That's going to be, um, I don't think Jan was a Twitter guy. Is that like Stro? Is that Stro? It was you. Me? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So in the Arizona Fall League, you wanted some Chick-fil-A on Sundays. I huh? needed it. I yeah. really needed it. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's best of seven. Uh, so, Jamo, thanks for being such a good sport with that. Yeah. And thank you so much for coming over and chatting and uh, spending some of your offseason with us. Yeah. I get really embarrassed thinking about some of the tweets I used to have. Like, because they're all innocent. But yeah. it's like, why would I say stuff? <laughs> yeah. like, right. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, thank you, go. though. We appreciate it, man. Thanks for yeah. stopping by. Thank you. We know you love Chicago. You devour the pizza, admire Chicago's skyline, and cheer on Chicago sports teams, especially the Cubs. If you wanted to live in a more boring place, you'd live in St. Louis. Why not bank with Chicago's bank too? Upgrade your wallet with an exclusive Wintrust Cubs debit card, which you can get when you open a Wintrust Cubs checking account. Show your Cubs pride and open an account at Wintrust.com Cubs. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. All right, yeah, that was a great conversation with Jamison Ty, and we really appreciate it. He was such a good sport about yeah. so many different things, and I thought it was really interesting, Andy, him talking about the playoffs and how he consumes it and how the Diamondbacks and Rangers, being two wildcard teams, two teams that the Cubs played in 2023, how close the Cubs felt and how right. the, their players, like this was him explaining, not just our perspective on it, that you feel close, and they were essentially a game behind the Diamondbacks, they went 1-6 against the Diamondbacks. They actually beat the Rangers in a series here at Wrigley Field in April, I think it was. But, like, to, to go up against those teams, to see wildcard teams, to know once again, and we have seen this time and time again, is that you just have to get hot at the right time. Yep. The Rangers did that. They took down, you know, a bunch of, of dominant teams. And the Diamondbacks did the same thing and have become one of the best stories in baseball. So, like, I feel like it is – there are lessons to take from that as, as a Cubs player. Yeah, and I think some of the things that we have talked about or that we've highlighted as some strengths, strengths of the Cubs have been some of the strengths of some of these these two teams that are in the playoffs. Like, we think about the Diamondbacks back end of the bullpen, right? And the Cubs back into the bullpen kind of faltered towards the end. But had they been – had they gotten into the playoffs, I'm curious, like – what that rejuvenation would have been like for a guy like Mark Leiter Jr. and Julian Merriweather and Adbert Alzali. Like, that's a, that's a good one, two, three at the back end of games. And you talk about Jamison Tyone was really good in September. Kyle Hendricks was really good in September. Justin Steele was, was good all season long. Like, you add those three, like, that's the kind of makings of a team that can get hot and, and go, on a, go on a run, especially in a two-game set, at the, which would have been the case in the wild card. I think it's really interesting to, to think about what could have happened you can't play that you can't uh really do that but 
for our sakes we can and and yeah. to see that to see that and see like they were close and, and they were a game behind and if one one game against the Diamondbacks breaks their way there in the playoffs and who knows maybe we're talking about a potential game four as opposed to you know talking about the offseason yeah and I think it's like the different paths right so like yeah. the Diamondbacks took a path that was maybe similar to a 2015 Cubs of you get really hot in August or September and you kind of go into playoffs hot as a wildcard team and obviously the format was different the Cubs had to win just one game in 15 the Diamondbacks had to win a series but you get hot and you kind of ride that momentum throughout the playoffs and then you where, beat the you beat the upstart div- or the division powerhouse yeah in the in the DS like the Cubs did absolutely and then the other aspect is the Rangers, who they didn't like limp in the playoffs, but they had strangled, not strangled, they had hold of the top of the NL West, or AL West for a while, like a good portion of the season. The, the Astros were always right there, like the Mariners were on the cusp as well. But the Astros in the last weekend of the, this, this season end up taking the division crown. The Rangers have to go in as a wild card, like maybe a little bit of a disappointing finish to the season, which could be how the 2023 Cubs season was going. Like, they weren't in, in first place, but they were playing so well for a multi-month stretch there. They clearly look like contenders even seven, eight days into September. And then they really, injuries, some other things happened that they, you know, hit a little bit more of a rough patch. But, like, the postseason resets. Everybody's batting average goes to zero. Everybody's ERA goes to zero. And the Rangers took that and, like I said, have run with it. So there's two different paths. You can always, you know, extrapolate out. Hey, this what worked in this postseason is going to work next year. But like, look at all the the wild card teams that have gone on. It really, really, really is just getting into that tournament. And whatever happens, happens because the Dodgers and we talked about this in previous podcasts. The Dodgers, the Orioles, the Braves, all won 100 games, like all dominant teams, and they were all out and yeah. sitting at home. They played the Brewers were what 10 games above the Cubs in the division. They they played three days longer than the Cubs and two extra games. That's right. it. Right. And and I think about, you to your point about everything resetting, Brandon Fott, when he pitched against the Cubs yeah. and, and in September, he didn't look like anything special. And now he's really been behind Merrill Kelly, the Diamondbacks' best starter in the playoffs. Over Zach Over Gallen. Zach Gallen, yeah. who's a Cy Young candidate. Like, it, it's, it really is. Like, I'm not, like, you can't predict what would have happened if the Cubs got in, but you don't know if – Maybe Jamison Tyon goes on a run like that, that he he dominates for the Cubs in a playoff run. Or, or some of these other unheralded players that you don't think of, maybe they spark something. Like, you just don't know what can happen in the playoffs, and that's why you just want to get in. Because, yeah, it could go like the Brewers where you're done in, in two games, or it could be like the Diamondbacks where you're playing into the World Series and, and playing for a championship that might have seemed crazy three months ago or something like that. Yeah, so we'll see for sure how uh, how this shakes out for the Cubs at this time next year. If we are talking about them in the World Series conversation or whatever it may be, but uh, you know, rest assured, Jameson Tyone is like you said, he's been having a lot of conversations with other teammates about how they get to that point, about how they get just a little bit better individually, and that some of the parts can maybe push them to that. So that'll do it for this week's edition of the Cubs Weekly Podcast presented by Wintrust. Check us out in video form on the new Marquee Sports Network app on YouTube, and then listen to us wherever you get your podcast. For Andy, I'm Tony. Thanks as always for tuning in.